All right. So since this is the uh, the last class that we're going to have uh, before Rosh Hashanah, so I thought, and since we were working on it a little bit uh, this week, anyways, in the in Kolo and uh, BHI, so I thought what we would do is a quick review of the halachas related to uh, prusbol, why a prusbol would be necessary, what those halachas are involved, just some of the uh, the very basics. Uh, uh, basic issues which uh, which are involved, and we're not going to go through the entire analysis of the Gemara. There's a, they could give multiple shirim about the Gemara, about the origin of Prusbol, about what it means when Chazal go ahead and make uh, put things in place in order to seemingly avoid derises. Prusbol is one of those things that's often pointed to that where people say, "See, if there's a will, there's a way. If they always want to do something, they could go ahead and they could get it done." And therefore, when there are circumstances where they don't do that, so it must be because there's no interest in them uh, in then doing so. So we're not going to touch upon any of those things. We're just going to go uh, uh, into the uh, the issues involved in what uh, you know what types of loans are going to be are, are, are potentially canceled. What does it mean for the loans to be canceled? So some of those uh, those basic issues. So that is our goal, and that's why you see the heading on the sheet says. Prusbol basics. <laughs> so we're just going to see some of the, uh, you know, back to uh, the basics. One of those things which we uh, revisit every uh, seven years or so. Um, okay, so we might as well uh, jump in. As you'll see, it's it, it's a somewhat long simon, but a lot of it is not really so nogea. It's not really relevant to our discussion in terms of just understanding basically what's uh, what's going on. Okay, but now the Shulchan Aruch begins. So this is in Chosh Mishpat, Simon Samach Zion. It appears in the context, as you can see over there, in the Halachas of Halva. So it makes its way, not because most of the mitzvahs, which are Tzluyos Baritz, which are Eretz Yisrael related, Trumas so they would really find themselves in a different section of Shulchan Aruch. But since this relates to, uh, to loans and the status of loans, so therefore, it makes its way into the beginning of Chosh Mishpat over here by, by the laws of loans. So Shulchan Aruch says as follows. So nowadays, so the, there's a Torah uh, mitzvah, which says that during Shemitah, and we'll define what exactly we mean when we say during Shemitah, but that says that loans get canceled by the Shemitah year, but that is not applicable nowadays. Why? Because it only applies elabizmansha yovel noeg. So it's only applicable during a time when circumstances are, are are in place where yovel is being practiced. Yovel is only practiced that's the, after the seven shemitah cycle. So then the fiftieth year is the yovel. So that only happens when the majority of klai yisrael is living in Eretz Yisrael. Some people say not only that, but shvatim have to be living in each of their places, each of their shevet places and not just randomly mixed as they are now, but whatever these standards are for Yovel. So since we're not practicing Yovel nowadays, so there's no biblical mitzvah, there's no biblical um, uh, obligation that loans get canceled during the Shemitah year. However, however, Midrabana, there we go, Umidivrei Sofrim, but Midrabanan, in order to make sure that we don't forget this Daraisa Halacha, so Chazal instituted a rabbinic Shemitah Ksafen, rabbinic canceling of loans, which takes place, and that's really what we are observing nowadays. 
So this is something which is important that what the the innovation of Prusbol is only uh, is only uh, relevant is only applied because we assume that shmita now that this type of shmita that the cancellation of loans is only midrabanan. So being that it's only Jarbanan, so then we could use shtick and harama and subterfuge and all sorts of things to get around it because we're only dealing with a Jarbanan rather than a Daraisa. Then the Rama emphasizes, who haskamas aposim. This is the consensus of... I'm sure it's me. I saw you called and, and when I picked up the phone... Um, but... Aval yeshomim. But there are those who say... There are those who say that the idea of canceling loans, that doesn't, there's not even a drabanan that loans get canceled nowadays. And it seems that in many countries, they rely on this opinion, that there isn't even a rabbinic obligation to cancel loans nowadays. That we don't practice this at all nowadays. And Vaminag, and this practice, as we'll see in the moment, they, they didn't uh, um, uh, uh, consider loans canceled at the end of the Shemitah year. This was a practice which was already, which was still in place in the time of the rush. Like the Rush writes in the Tshuva, that, and not that he was happy with it, as we'll see, but he was yelling like a goose, he was honking like a goose or something like that, protesting the fact that nobody observed this halacha, levat minag, and he wanted to undo the minag, but but they didn't pay attention to him. And they ignored him, and they followed their practice that they did not observe these uh, this halacha of loans being canceled, and they considered all loans to remain in force even after the Shemitah year. So now he says, um, now, so what did the Rush say? So now in Source 2, we have the actual tshuva of the Rush, he says, shmita. So he says, and he's, he's waxing poetic over here a little bit, as you'll see. But he says that regarding the matter of cancellation of loans, I withheld, that's he's make, playing a word on shmita. I restrained myself from writing anything about it. From the time that I arrived in this country. So I don't remember if he went from France to Spain or Spain to France, but he went from one place to another. It's been a long time since uh, on the Tuesday night class we were keeping track of the Rishonim and whatever, where they're from. But he says that since I came to this place, I haven't said anything about it. That I, I, I had uh, complaints, strong complaints with the leaders of the city. Why is it they, are, they, don't, they don't practice this halacha that loans are canceled at the end of the Shemitah year unless you use a prusbal? Vamru and their response to me all along, whenever I complained about it, was that this is common practice. This is the minag in our country that loans are not canceled in the Shemitah year. And you cannot go ahead and cancel, you cannot change, overturn a minag which has been practiced for so many decades, so many centuries perhaps. Because there's many old loans. Which uh, which uh, which have uh, which are uh, which are in place, and if you start trying to be machmed, so then many of the loans it's like a thirty-year mortgage. So how many shmitas does a thirty-year mortgage go through? So at the very least, you're going to have four shmitas in there. 
So uh, we can't go ahead and start canceling loans this Shemitah because what about the ones which have already been around since last Shemitah? It wouldn't make any sense. And he says, and he says they actually tried to justify their practice by pointing to certain terminology in their loan documents, which they feel uh, uh, indicates that the loans are not going to be canceled by Shemitah. But the Rosh says, but I, I was not satisfied with their, their explanations. And therefore he says, and I went ahead and I found some sort of justification in my own head why it is that I don't complain that they're not observing this properly. And I say, being that the minog is has spread, that loans don't get canceled. And everybody knows that loans aren't canceled by the Shemitah year. It's as if, being that this is common practice, it's as if every lender stipulates at the time he issues a loan, on condition that Shemitah is not going to go ahead and cancel. But the Rush was very upset by this practice, but he recognized that he was not going to be able to, as much as he tried to overturn it, he was not able to go ahead and, and do so. And... Um, Um, okay, so now what is a potential justification? So we're not going to read the uh, the whole thing, but what you have over here in source three is the uh, uh, tshuva from the Truma Sadeshin. So Truma Sadeshin says as follows, but biblically, so only during when Klai Yisrael is living in Eretz Yisrael, and we have this idea that we don't work the land at all, then So that's when the biblical obligation to cancel loans will apply. And he says, This is Rebbe's Drasha in the Gemara. And now comes the justification part. He says, We could say that the only time we go ahead and we put in place this commemoration of Shemitah, and even Shemitah's Ksafim, even the cancellation of loans, is It's only applicable to those lands which are near Eretz Yisrael, could go like because in those places there may be some sort of element of of a uh, of a um, uh, 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 of doing something to recall the obligation to go ahead and observe the Daraisa. But if you live in Spain, or you live in France, or you live in the United States, or Canada, or anywhere else, where there is never in those countries ever a rabbinic obligation to observe Shemitah of the land, so in those places where there's no Shemitah of land at all, so it follows that there's going to be no Shemitah of, of money either. And in those countries, so the Shemitah is not going to be, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the cancellation of loans would not be enforced. And that is the idea, that's the justification that the, uh, that the, uh, the Truma, Truma Sadeshan comes up with to, uh, to explain why it is that loans don't get canceled. Okay. Now, now that we know that, however, that the majority opinion, and certainly what we practice is the idea that loans will be canceled by Shemitah. So now the question is, when exactly does this cancellation take place? When is the magic moment when debts are going to be, are going to be uh, canceled? 
sort of like when Biden goes out and cancels student loans. So when, when exactly does that kick in? What's the, uh, the applicability of that? So here in Sif Lamed, source number four here, but Sif Lamed, Shulchan Aruch says, So when is it that the loans are going to be canceled? The last minute of the Shemitah year. So that means at the end of Tavshin Pei Beis, before Tavshin Pei Gimel begins, at the end of 5782, before the onset of 5783, that's when loans get canceled. So therefore, if I loan you money today, and I say, I want you to pay me back next week, so I have the right to go ahead and collect, just because, just because it's the Shemitah year, that doesn't mean that loans are canceled. So if I lend you money today with the expectation you're going to pay me back next week, which is before Rosh Hashanah, so you have an obligation to pay me back. You cannot go ahead and say, listen, so sorry, but it's the Shemitah year and loans are canceled by the Shemitah year because it does not get canceled until the end of the year. And when do they get canceled? As the sun sets on Erev Rosh Hashanah, as you're going into, as you're davening Mincha, on Erev Rosh Hashanah, going into the night of Rosh Hashanah, at the end of the Shemitah year, Ibed Hachov, that's when the loan goes out and gets canceled. So it's the end of the Shemitah year, not the beginning of the Shemitah year, not as you enter into the Shemitah year, and not any other point over the course of the year. We hold Lamaisa that the loan is canceled at the end of the Shemitah year, and that means that loan, as we're going to see, loans which were due sometime before the end of the Shemitah year, and they just weren't collected yet, but the money was already due, so those loans, if you don't properly attend to them, so those loans are going to be canceled. Okay, so now what does that mean? Now, so let's say it turns out that, now in source number five, in Sikh Lamed Vav, so now we have the case, let's say you didn't realize. So I went ahead and I loaned Mel $100. I said to Mel, listen, I want you to pay me back by, uh, by the 27th of Elul. And the 27th of Elul came, came and went, and he didn't pay me back. I tried calling him and texting him, and he, he's not at home. And he put, you know, in his email, it says, out of, you know, out of, out of touch. I'll check after Yantif, whatever it was. So I couldn't get in touch with him the whole time. Now comes Aser Shemei Tshuva, and I say to, uh, and then Mel feels bad. He, uh, he was inspired to do Tshuva by the inspiring drushas. And he calls me up during the Aser Shemei Tshuva and says, Rabbi, I feel so bad. I borrowed $100 from you. I never paid you back. I want to pay you back. So, oops. So here, so Shulchan says, So Mel comes to me to repay me the $100 that he owed me, even though he did not pay before the, uh, before the end of the Shemitah year. So I, the lender, I have to use the following script when I respond to Mel. And I have to say, The loan, the loan is canceled. And I have no claim against you whatsoever that you owe me that money. I didn't collect it before the end of the, the end of Tough Shin Pei Base. Too bad, so sad on me. The loan is canceled. Now, that's not the end of the scene, though. Mel then, now in, in a what's it called? In a cartoon, it would be in the next box. So then Mel comes back and he says to me the following script. Amarlo, he says, I understand that the loan is officially canceled, but I want you to accept the money anyways. I want to pay you back anyways. Then, 
the next box in the cartoon, Yikabu Bimenu. So then I could go ahead and I could accept the money. So as long as I said to Mel, you really don't owe me the money, and he says, I know, but I insist on paying you back, then I could take the money. But when he's paying me back the money, he's not allowed to say, I'm giving you this $100 that I owe you for that loan. Because if he does that, so then it's like playing operation, get zapped or something like that. So that, that he's not allowed to, uh, to do. But rather, what Mel is going to say to me is, I'm so sorry, it's jumping around. I don't know why. He says, but rather he's going to say, Shaliyem. He says, really, this money is mine, and you don't, I don't owe it to you. And I'm gifting, I'm gifting it to you rather than pay, repaying the loan. So as long as Mel follows his script, says his lines, and I say my lines, so then Mel could go ahead and he could pay me back the hundred dollars that he that he that he had borrowed from me, and I can accept that money from him. But it's only if everything everybody follows the script and it's very clear that he's not obligated to pay me back this money and he's doing so voluntarily and it's a gift. And in fact, it's not only that Mel ha- has the option, I mean, he really does have the option to not pay me in the event that approval wasn't signed, but the Chachmas Adam, so he writes, he adds one, uh, one uh, detail to this. He says, this is in the Chachmas Adam, the, the section he has about mitzvahs atzuyus ba'aretz, the mitzvahs which are related to Eretz Yisrael, is called Share Tzedek. And he says over there, in the, in the halachas of Prusbal Sifir Aleph, in the event that Mel does follow the script and he returns to me, he, he gives me the money which he borrowed from me, so Chazal are going to smile, he's going to get a gold star for the day, for a job well done, rather than saying, I donated blood today, a sticker, or a sticker which says, I voted today. So he's going to have a sticker which says, I paid back a canceled debt today, or I gifted uh, a canceled debt today. Okay, the rest of it we already uh, we already know. That uh, the rest of it is just part of the script that he's going to say. But the Chachmas Adam says, it's not just that if Mel is a really nice guy, he will go ahead and pay me back the uh, the money that he borrowed from me. But it's actually something he should feel some sort of moral um, uh, obligation to go ahead and do so and to uh, to return the money to me in order to find favor in the eyes of Chazal. Why is it that it's considered to be, why are, are Chazal going to give him a gold star or give him a sticker that says, his mitzvah note the next day in school will say that Mel repaid a canceled uh, debt. So why do we go ahead and do so? So the Imre Yaakov, a commentary to the Chachmas Adam there, he says that Ruach Chachma V'chasidus Bekirbo, that when Mel goes ahead and repays the money which he borrowed, which was officially canceled, which was formally canceled by Shemitah, the reason why Chazal are going to be very happy with him is because Chazal don't like this idea of benefiting from somebody else's money or from somebody else's stuff without paying for it. Taking things for free is not a, is not a good thing. So therefore, although Mel be, may be able to take advantage of the system, and he's going to borrow money from me, he'll borrow money from Al, he'll borrow money from Ellen, he'll borrow money from Ralph, and he'll have you know $400 of loans, which he borrows, and then he doesn't pay back. He says, I'm so sorry, there's a mitzvah in the Torah which says that I'm not allowed to pay you back. So and he goes ahead and he walks away with uh, you know uh, uh, $400 for free. 
So that is not a good mahalach in life. That's not a good approach to life. And that's why uh, Mel would be encouraged if he were to call up his rabbi, if he was not the uh, the lender, and say, should I go ahead and pay back this money anyways? The answer would be, you absolutely should. Go ahead and make sure to repay the person who uh, who loaned you that money. Okay. So that is... Um, and not only that, but I get gold stars for paying you it back. get gold stars, yeah. Get enough gold stars to get a donut. So... <laughs> So, um, so that is so that is when the loan is canceled, and what happens in the event that the loan uh, is canceled. Now, which loans are going to be canceled? And this is something which is a little bit uh, confusing. Not that you should be deterred and think you're going to get confused, but it's just important to uh, to know this uh, this detail. And I already alluded to it, and you guys managed it just fine, so it'll be good. But here in Sif Yud, in that same sim, Shochan says. So this is like the mortgage. I go ahead and I loan you money. I lend Ralph money. And we set up a deal that he's going to hold on to money. This is a, a loan for his business. And he doesn't have to pay me back for another 10 years. So if the loan is 10 years, minimally, there's one Shemitah in the middle of that. And this is a discussion. This is a famous discussion in the Gemara at the beginning of Meseches Makas about whether or not Shemitah will cancel such a loan or not. Do we say that all loans are going to be canceled once there was a Shemitah in the middle of the loan? Or is there some other structure? Which obviously, this would be very bad, for example, in Eretz Yisrael, where you have Jewish-owned banks, and you've got a lot of people who have mortgages. So inevitably, in the mortgage, there's going to be Shemitahs in the middle over there. So how exactly does that, uh, is that managed? So here, Shulchan Aruch says, so I lend Ralph money for 10 years. Oh, Pachas Yosef could be for nine years. It could be 11 years. Nothing magical about 10. So let's say I lend it to him in year three of a Shemitah cycle. So that means you have year four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, sorry, one, two, three. Four, five. So the money isn't due until the fifth year of the next Shemitah cycle. So in the middle of the loan, there was a Shemitah, but the loan is going to continue into year five of the next seven-year cycle. So that loan is not canceled. Just because there was a Shemitah in the middle of the loan, that does not cancel the loan. And the reason is, and this is the way we pass it based on the Gemara in Marcus, is the Hashtalo Kari Beilo Igos. Because the Isidaraisa of Shemitah's Ksafim is the fact that the malva, the lender, isn't allowed to go to the lova and say, hey, you owe me money. And we hold the maisa that the only iser is going to be if the money is actually due during the Shemitah year, and I'm pressing the borrower to repay me during that Shemitah year, meaning the money was already due, uh, like the example we said before, I loaned the money to Mel, and he owed it to me. The due date for the loan was the 27th of Elul, he didn't pay me on the 27th of Elul. So then the 28th of Elul, he's already overdue. The 29th of Elul, he's already overdue. He's two days overdue. Now come the first of Tishrei, that debt is now canceled because it was already due in advance of Shemitah. But if the loan isn't due until after the Shemitah year, so then that loan is not canceled by Shemitah. So that's the important thing. That's a little bit of the confusing thing. That Shemitah doesn't cancel. We, we, you should not think of it in terms of Shemitah cancels all debts, which were which existed at the end of the Shemitah year. Shemitah only cancels those debts which were due already and just haven't been paid in full. 
So those debts which are already due and haven't been paid, so those are the ones which are going to be canceled by Shemitah. And this is something, believe it or not, it's not so far-fetched, because if you are some sort of service provider, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could be an accountant, you could be all sorts of different professions, you could be a plumber or an electrician, and you go ahead and you could do computer work for somebody, and you go, you could be a rabbi who writes a shtaros for people, and you go ahead and you send them an invoice, and now once the invoice is sent, so now they have that, that's now a debt which is owed to you, the service provider. And if the customer doesn't pay on time and Shemitah comes along while the money is still due, that money would technically be, that debt would technically be canceled. So this is really where it becomes a little bit scary, where yeah. you went ahead and you just, you know, your regular accounting is at the end of the month, you send everybody a bill and you say to them, that the money is uh, is uh, is due when it comes, uh, you know, upon the receipt. And if they get it, and then there's going to be Shemitah, so this is going to be bad news, because that without a proofable, that debt may very, that bill may very well be canceled by uh, by Shemitah. It's a, a big incentive to some unscrupulous customers to make loans due in the Shemitah year or even before, and just if they could hold out until the end of Shemitah, they're, they, they made a killing. Right, so that, so, right. So that, that was the incentive that Hillel Hazakian had to make a prusbal, because the prusbal is going to allow the creditor to go ahead and collect the money, even though Shemitah has come and gone. So that, 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 was the, that was the fear. That's what Hillel noticed was, is that come the end of the Shemitah year, nobody wanted to loan money anymore because they were afraid they'd never see that money again. So they're violating, there's an Isidar Isa to refrain from loaning somebody money because you're afraid of Shemitah. So because of that fear, though, they were violating that Isidar Isa, and that was the motivation for Hillel Zakein to institute this thing called the Prusbal, that exact point that, uh, that you just raised, uh, uh, Al. So now, as an example, what would be a case where this would be relevant? And this is something which, uh, you know, those who spend a little bit of time in Eretz Yisrael, so certainly you'll be familiar with, uh, with such a practice. And that is, source number nine over here, this is Sif Yudalad, says, Hakafas Chanus. Hakafas Chanus is where you buy something in the local makolet on credit. So in those little mom and pop makolets, which you have on, on the corner in the neighborhood, so they know everybody in the neighborhood. Everybody there has, I haven't you know, used it in a long time uh, since I was there regularly, but what it used to be is that the guy behind the counter or the woman behind the counter knew everybody, and they would just take a bunch of stuff, they would ring it up, they would say their last name, and then it would be written into the ledger. And then, you know, whenever they decided that they needed money, so they would go ahead and they would send people a bill, whatever it is. But people are buying things regularly on credit. They're buying food, and they're not paying for it at that time. So when you buy something on credit, ain't a So that is, we're going to see why in a moment. But that's not considered to be a loan as of yet. That Shemitah is going to cancel that. So if you bought a bunch of, if you bought some potatoes and onions uh, right before uh, Rosh Hashanah, and you didn't pay for it, and then you get a bill from the Makola during Aser Shemei Tshuva, you cannot say to the Makola guy, listen, I'm so sorry, but uh, I bought the stuff from you in Tough Shin Pei Base. It's now Tough Shin Pei Gimel. Shemit has canceled the obligation, and now I get those potatoes and onions for free. No such thing. But, Im Milva in the event that the, what we call Zakfanalab ben Milva, so this is a phrase we're going to, defi- the Ramah is going to define it in a moment. But he says, in the event 
that it's not just stam, you pick something up from the Arkola and didn't pay for it, but it's now been set up as a loan. That's the literal translation of Zatva Allah Milva, is that the amount that you owe has now been set up formally as a debt, then, meaning, yeah, as a debt, then Shemitah would cancel that loan. What is it? How do you set up this uh, this purchase now into a loan? Hagah, so the Ramah explains, Mikri Zakifa Mishasha Kavalozman Leparo. So shot number one is, when I go ahead and I, the store owner or the service provider, I give you a date when I expect payment. So when I send you that first invoice, and it says that the monies are due upon receipt of this invoice, so as soon as I do that, now it's already considered to be a loan. So if I bought the potatoes and onions right before Rosh Hashanah, and you never sent me an invoice for it, so then it's not canceled by Shemitah. If I bought it the Shabbos before, if I bought it, let's say, air of this Shabbos, and then I send you an invoice next Shabbos, then it's already been set up as a loan. Once it was already set up as a loan, because an invoice was sent out, so then and there was a date when it was due, and I, I wrote when I want it to be due, which will be sometime before Rosh Hashanah, then it would get canceled by Shemitah. That's shot number one. The Yesh Omrim, and this is the one which is also more relevant as far as a makolet as opposed to a plumber or an electrician or any other service provider. He says, V'yesh omrim, some people say, the mikri zakifa miyat shekasubit bin kaso kola cheshbun biyachat. That it's only considered to be set up as a loan when you go ahead and you, as the makolet owner, you go ahead and you look up Weintraub, a charge on Sunday, a charge on Monday, a charge on Tuesday, a charge on Wednesday, and you add, you tally up all of those charges for the past two weeks. Once all of that has been added up and you get a final number, how much is owed in total, that's what we call Zakfanallah bin Milva. So while it's just a bunch of charges which are floating in the air and you haven't quantified them, you haven't added them up together, that would be canceled by Shemitah. Once you've gone ahead and you've added up and say, okay, for this week you owe me 237 shkalim for all the stuff that, uh, that you bought, that's considered to be zakfan alav it's now considered to be a loan, and it's at that point that Shemitah would then kick in and could potentially cancel that if you don't make a provable. Yes, Mel? Question. Um, if I have this loan and I'm paying it out over time, and, 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 uh, and we hit that period of time, does that mean it cancels out the rest of it that I haven't paid yet? Um, so that that's an excellent question, and it may really depend on what exactly the structure of the payment over time is. Whether it was all due, and we're just uh, we're uh, um, uh, we're just making I'm making it easier for you to uh, to pay it out over time, or is it something which actually is not due, other than monthly? The example that I would give you is um, that when you uh, when you pay tuition at a school, so they say it's going to cost you $3,000 for the year. So really, we want you to pay $3,000 before the school year begins, but we understand that most parents don't have $3,000 available at the beginning of the school year, so we'll take payments of $300 per month for the 10 months of school, but really, the full $3,000 was owed at the very outset. So it's just a payment plan, but all of the money was really due at before the school year began. In contrast, if you have... A, if you're renting an apartment in the year lease is going to be $3,000, you really don't owe that money until monthly. So at the end of the month, at the beginning of the month, whether the way we do it nowadays, but at the time of Chazal, you don't owe the money until the end of the month. 
So therefore, each one of those is a separate payment, is a separate debt which kicks in. And then the, you know, as, as the, uh, if you started the, the lease in, in uh, let's say, uh, June, so June, July, August, September, all of that is before Rosh Hashanah. The subsequent ones, you don't actually owe them until October. October is already after the new year has begun. So that would not be subject to, uh, to Shemitah. So depending on how it's structured, whether you owe all of the money and we're just making it easier for you to pay, or you don't actually owe all of the money as of yet, that will uh, that will determine whether it's going to be canceled. Okay, now source ten over here is I just took from the easiest place that I could find the uh, these two explanations, but there's two explanations as to why. Uh, the debt that you owe a makolet, the uh, the potatoes and onions, which you picked up from the makolet before Rosh Hashanah, why that's not going to be canceled by uh, Shemitah, before Zakfanala Bemilva, but just stam, without sending an invoice and without telling up the total that is owed, so why is that not going to be canceled by, uh, by Shemitah? So he says, um, so the Sma, the Shar Mishpat, uh, goes out and uh, quotes as follows. He says, the Sma Hevi Bishem Beis Yosef. So the Sma says over the name of the Beis Yosef, the Dafka Kavaz Chanus Enu Mishamit. The reason why, when the Makola extends credit to the customers, that that credit is not canceled by Shemitah, is Mishum De Derech Echanvani Lahakiv Lizman Rav. Because typically, Makola owners give people credit for long term. They don't say, pay me tomorrow. I'll gladly pay you uh, Tuesday for a hamburger today, you know, along those lines. They usually understand that's going to be a couple of weeks. It could be a month before they see that money, but it's long term. And therefore, since the expectation is that they're not going to pay back so quickly, so it becomes uh, similar to the Gemara's case where you loan somebody over the course of 10 years, meaning that there was no expectation that the money was going to be paid for long term. And therefore, since there's no due date on that loan, so that's why it's not going to be canceled uh, by Shemitah. Uh, but if I go ahead and I sell you my car, and you say, I'm so sorry, I can only come up with $3,000 of the 5000 that I owe you. Do you mind if I pay you next month the remaining $2,000? So in that case, where it's just a private transaction between you and I, so then you really owe me the $2,000 right away, and that becomes a loan immediately, and then that will be subject to the cancellation of loans at the end of Shemitah. So a store understands at the outset they're not getting paid long-term, and that's why Shemitah wouldn't cancel. Between two private individuals, a smile would say that it does. Okay, now says the Shar Mishpat that the Bach disagrees based on Tosos and the Rush and the Ran. And he says that Shemavur, uh, we'll jump ahead, Shemavur Sham Lahedra, that these other Rishonim say explicitly, they differentiate between the origin of the debt which is owed. Meaning, did the, the, was the debt generated by a loan? or the debt was generated by a purchase. So these were showing them a whole that when I go in and I bought from you, potato, I go into the Makolet and I buy potatoes and onions, really what's going on, the money which I owe you is not a loan. The money which I owe you is the purchase. So loans are canceled by, uh, by Shemitah. Purchases, money which is owed for a purchase, that's not a loan. And therefore that would not be subject to cancellation of loans at the end of the Shemitah year. 
unless we send out an invoice when the when the money is due, or we tally up the full amount of all of the purchases, that then transforms the purchase into a loan. And it's only at that point that it would be canceled. But we have these two different explanations, whether it was just understood from the outset, the SMAV maintains that it's just understood from the outset that you're not going to get paid quickly, and the money actually isn't due until sometime later, after the uh, the beginning of the uh, of Tafshin Pei Gimel, whereas the Bach, based on Tosos and the Rosh and the Ram, so they are of the opinion that the reason why the uh, the uh, food, which I bought from the Makolet and didn't pay for, the reason why that debt is not canceled by Shemitah is because it's not a debt generated from a loan, it's a, jet, it's a debt generated from a purchase, and purchases are not canceled by uh, Shemitah. Okay, also an important point, which you could have all sorts of ramifications. There's a lot of those, that type of idea, which you find also in Hilchos Ribis, happens, uh, happens to be. Okay, now similarly, the similar type of thing will apply. There, let's say you go ahead and you hire a fella to, uh, to, uh, to paint uh, you know, a bunch of bedrooms. And you tell him, you shouldn't do, but you tell him that I'll go ahead and I will, uh, I'll pay you $35 an hour for the, uh, for the painting job that you do. So he starts painting and painting and painting, and he doesn't finish before Rosh Hashanah. It's fine, because it's your vacation home in New Buffalo, so you weren't using it uh, uh, during uh, Yantif anyways. But he goes ahead, and he's painted 10 hours so far, and but he's not yet finished. So, schar sachir ain't So that money which he has accumulated, which he has earned by painting for 10 hours, those $350, so that, he, uh, that, that amount is not canceled, just because even though you owe it to him, but it's not canceled because we haven't yet figured out what the total is. But here also, in the event that he sends you an invoice or he tells you when he expects to get paid for those 10 hours, then it becomes a loan. So then at that point, it would be subject to cancellation. So this is, a, you would have a similar type of machlokis over here between the, sorry, between the, uh, the Sma and uh, the Bach where we're uh, about whether or not um uh, why that's not canceled so the bach would say it's not canceled because it the debt originated from employment rather than a loan it's it's it originated from employment rather than a loan so that's why it's not going to be canceled and the uh the uh, the the sma would explain that he would have to explain over here that's not going to be canceled because here also People know that they're going to work for many hours and they're not going to bill till sometime later. And it's similar to a loan, which there's no expectation to pay for long term, and therefore it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be canceled. Okay, so these are all of the different, these are some of the parameters as far as what loans are subject to being canceled at the end of the Shemitah year and when exactly they're going to be canceled. So now in Sifyur Ches, so now. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch tells us, based on the Gemara's in Gittin, prusbul eno meshamit, that if you have a prusbul, it's not going to be canceled. Now, who writes this prusbul? That can only be written before a distinguished basin. Dahainu, what does it mean to be a, a distinguished basin? That dahainu shloshe bikim bedin ubinyan prusbul, three people are experts and fluent in the halachas of prusbul. The Yodim Inyan Shemitah, and they know the halachas of Shemitah. The Himchum Rabim Alem Bosayir, and 
not only do they have to be experts in the halachas, but they were appointed by the residents of the city, by the citizens of the city, to be in charge of financial matters. So that's a very high bar of basin that's necessary for Sephardim. Then the Ramah says, You don't need a basin of experts. You have any three yatzes whatsoever. You can go ahead and you can be a basin, similar to what we do for Hataras Nadarim, is you just grab the three guys sitting closest to you in shul and you do Hataras Nadarim. And the Ramah says, Where do we go? And nowadays we're lenient as far as this matter is concerned. And we use a basin, even though they are not renowned experts in these halachas, we just grab three people to go ahead and do so. Now, what is the nature, what the content of the prusbul? So now, in Sifiyotesh, Shulchan Aruch says, prusbul, this is the essence of a prusbul. It says, quote, I hand over to you, and you name the three dayanim, from such and such a location, any debt which is owed to me, so this is the malva, who now it's the malva, it's the lender's responsibility to go ahead and write the prusbul. But he says, any money which is owed to me, I have the right under your authority, Basin, to collect it anytime I want. So you're giving over the loan to Basin, and now you're collecting it on their behalf. That's the mechanism which is at work over here. And either the judges, the three Dayanim, or witnesses who see the Malva make this declaration, make this uh, uh, this statement before the Dayanim will go ahead and sign on it. And the truth is, is you don't even need to necessarily document this. This is something which could be done orally. Also, you could orally assign uh, or transfer the debt over to, to the Dayanim, and then that becomes now, that's the, the, the essence of a prusbul, and that allows you to collect these outstanding debts from the lender, even after Shemitah. It, it sidesteps the whole issue of debts being canceled. One last prerequisite. Uh, okay, enough, we'll see all this inside. We say, Enkosim prusbul el al-karka. Now, in order for a prusbul to be effective, so it has to be that the borrower owns some real estate, somewhere, somehow. It doesn't have to be a large uh, estate. Any ownership of land whatsoever is sufficient. And what qualifies as land is, let's say you have a potted plant that's perforated at the bottom, and that's the only real estate that you own. That's the only carca, that's the only dirt that you own, is this one little petunia. You know, whatever, whatever, is, uh, whatever it will be. Even if it's, it's resting on pegs, even though it's on pegs, which are resting over somebody else's land. But as long as you have dirt in that perforated pot, sagi, that already is enough. Not only that, Again, we're really bending the rules over here. Size seven or eight sledgehammer for Dafyomi people. And even if it turns out that the borrower doesn't own any land whatsoever, but somebody who, there's somebody who owes money or owes something to the borrower who has real estate. Or somebody who guaranteed the loan owns real estate. Or somebody who owes it to him, that already is enough. So any distant relationship to Karka at all is enough. Then he says, not only that, let's say it was a straight-up loan between the Malv and the Lova, the lender and the borrower, and the borrower literally has nothing. 
the yesh lemalva lemishachayv lo, and the malva, the lender, owns real estate, or somebody who owes money to the lender owns real estate. Mizakeu afilai deacher. So what you do is, I as a lender, I go ahead and I convey a little bit of real estate to Mel. Now it's as if Mel owns real estate, and now the principle will work. But that's all I need to do. I feel so befond of, and I don't even have to ask Mel whether or not he wants that piece of real estate so that the principle should be effective. I could go ahead and I convey ownership of real estate to Mel without his knowledge, and that automatically allows me to go ahead and, uh, and, and, and collect. Um, okay, we'll skip that sma, and um, yeah. So the uh, the Chassam Sofer is troubled by this a little bit, and he says, "How is that possible that you're going to find somebody who doesn't own any real estate whatsoever? Because owning real estate doesn't mean that you own it. If you have a lease, if you rent an apartment, so that's also going to be sufficient for a principal to work." So who exactly are we emphasizing these halachas for that you have to convey ownership to people who don't have, who doesn't have some, you know, some place to live or whatever like that? Some sofer asks, we're reading this in the Pisre Shuva here, some of Zion, Sif, Kat, and Dalad. He says, according to all of these allowances, all these leniencies, where you ever find somebody who's not prusbalable? We can go ahead and we could <laughs> coin that, that term. Who's not prusbalable? Unless you have somebody who literally is sleeping in a cardboard box on Lower Wacker Drive, they're street, sleeping on the street in town, and they don't have a roof over their head, not one that they're borrowing a place to sleep, which would be like a homeless shelter, nor do they renting a place. So literally a person on the street, a borrower who's lost everything and doesn't have any roof over his head at all, that would be that would be the case, but that's absurd. He says, and he responded Let's say that you will go ahead and you are living in somebody else's house. This would be relevant for like teenagers. So teenagers or young adults, they're living in your house, they're not paying rent. And they are there, and you could throw them out at any time. You could tell them, sayonara, go find a, a, another place to live. So such a person doesn't own any real estate, so that's where you would need to convey ownership. Inami, or else, the case that we often talk about, which is, hadar shalomi daito. Somebody moves into your garage without permission. And when you catch them there, remember, we say, that if he benefited and you didn't lose anything, you can't charge him back rent. So such a person, so he owns absolutely nothing. So he's staying in somebody's house, but he's not paying rent. He didn't get permission to do there. He's just sleeping there. Stam. So such a person, but you could go ahead and you could throw him out anytime that you want. So in such a case, that's where you need to invoke this halacha of conveying to him ownership of some sort of land so that the prusbul will be effective. And in many prusbuls, not all of them, but in many prusbuls, they include that line in the prusbul, which says that in the event that any of my borrowers do not own real estate, so I'm conveying to them a piece of real estate from me so that they, the prusbul should be able to be effective to make sure that all of those loans would be, uh, will, uh, will not be canceled by the, the Shemitah year, and you'll be able to collect them uh, afterwards. So these are the, uh, as I said, these are the uh, the basics of a, of a prusbal. And hopefully at some point I have to go ahead and put it together 
to uh, to send out to make arrangements for all of us to uh, to sign our proofs. But now that we know uh, the background of what's going on, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll better appreciate or understand at least what the the principle says when we send it out. All righty. All right, everybody. So we're off now till after uh, Sukkot. So pay attention after Sukkot when when we resume. Meantime, have a good Shabbos, and I apologize.